covering the Green Bay Packers training camp all summer long. This is CampCast, a Midwest Communications podcast. Welcome back to the Green and Gold CampCast. I'm Mark Daniels at Lambeau Field with the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee. Good to be visiting with you, Wayne. Nice to be with you, Mark. I saw a note where this is going to be your 20th season behind the mic. Yeah, with the Packers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 41st in the league, Good but Lord. 20 uh, with the Packers doesn't seem like it, does it? And you and Larry, I saw the other note, are going to break Jim Irwin and Max McGee's record for most games called. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool, but we've had more playoff games <laughs> than they did, so I think that's that's a big part of it. Yeah, Jim and Max made the most of a little bit. They? <laughs> they did. They were great. And, you know, that's, uh, Mark, that's really why uh, Packers Radio is, is, you know, still vibrant because uh, they made it so, um, especially do all those years they had where the team wasn't very good. And then when it got good, it, it really just accentuated it. I'm so glad Jim got to do Super Bowl 31. That was too, yeah. That was big for him and to see a win. Uh, you know, it was kind of full circle for him because he, he was really around the team during the Lombardi era as a television guy, and he was the voice uh, in the press box, uh, like during the Ice Bowl. But um, his broadcast, once he got onto the broadcast, they weren't so good, and then... Uh, you know, he went through all those years, he and Max, and they finally got to uh, experience great teams in uh, those two Super Bowls. All right, let's get to 2018. It's amazing what uh, a metal rod and 13 screws can do to an organization yeah. <laughs> with a crack collarbone. <laughs> Did you ever anticipate that kind of change once Aaron went down and we saw what happens without an MVP? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the fall off was probably dramatic and more than any of us expected, I think, realistically. I mean, you knew there'd be a big drop off, but you didn't think it would be quite what it was, um, but it did show, expose some uh, aspects of the team maybe that needed shoring up, and I think Brian Gutekunst has done a pretty good job at, of getting those uh, positions shored up, at least on the defensive side of the football that we've seen so far. Yeah, and it trickled all the way down under Mike McCarthy's staff. New coordinators on both sides with Joe Philbin and Mike Pettin, and he said several times over this offseason he's about as energized as he was since 2006 when he first showed up. You know, head coaches don't usually last 13 years, and Mike's going into his 13th year, and the thing about that, Mark, I think at some point you really do need to recalibrate, rejuice the uh, operation, and that's what I've seen him do now, and, and again, Joe, he and Joe broke down the playbook offensively and are redoing that, um, and you know, a new defensive coordinator in here new attitude. So how does he translate that new attitude into recapturing what was lost after an eight-year playoff run? Well, you know, obviously you've got to have the players, and I think they've got better players and more depth uh, at the cornerback position. But the other thing that you have to do is you have to kind of change the culture a little bit. You know what I mean? And I think they're doing that. Um, this defense is going to be stronger up front on the defensive line. I think the defensive line will set the tone. I understand the base is 3-4. I think you're going to see a lot of 4-3. Okay? I, I just do. And, and, you know, that's where it has to start. Uh, the defensive secondary is a work in progress. The linebacking core as well. But um, I think it really begins with Mike Patton and his staff and recalibrating uh, the uh, the nature of, of how they do things. That young secondary is going to stay young, even with Tremont Williams and DeMond House in the mix. They've gone two by two for a couple of tries in the draft, mm -hmm. whether it was Randall and Rollins or whether it was King and Jones, and now here it's Alexander and Jackson. Yeah, and you hope this is the right combination. <laughs> yeah. It certainly looks like I, the Jackson kid has uh, really impressed me. Uh, you know, I know he doesn't have the greatest speed, but he has great understanding and vision out there. And I, I, I've been kind of impressed with him both in practice and in the game the other night. He had an interception to pick six, which is going to help his confidence. Jair Alexander, we haven't seen as much of him because of injury. 
Going to get a look at him, I think, in these last two weeks of the preseason. Uh, liked what I saw of him earlier in camp. But the guy who was really impressing all of us in camp was uh, Kevin King early on and then suffered a little ding uh, of his shoulder, uh, left uh, hit the opposite shoulder from the one he had surgery on. So he should be okay going forward. But I, I think they're going to be better fortified at that position. And I guess they better be, Mark, because one thing you can count on with the Packers, they will get injured at cornerback. It's been the M.O. for the last five or six years. The other side of the ball, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a feeling 2018 is going to be the year of the tight end. Well, I guess. Um, and they've got three really good veteran tight ends. Uh, Jimmy Graham, it starts with him, of course. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, uh, big man, a guy who can really aid the ground game as a blocker and also a good receiver, especially in the red zone, huge target. And then, you, you know, you look at Lance Kendricks, and, and Lance, I think, will thrive with these other guys. Um, they've got an opportunity here to really exploit defenses now with the tight end like they haven't had since uh, Jared Cook's second half of the 2000. 16 season. One last thing on the offense. Drafted three rookies. You got Jake Kumaro in the mix at wide receiver. Somebody out of that collection or collectively will have to pick up the Jordy Nelson production. Profile. Well, I'm not I'm not a trained eye by any stretch of the imagination, but Kumaro's jumped out at me both at practice and in the games. Uh, Valdez Scantling has uh, deep speed and you can see it. Um, I, you know, I, I think Equinemia St. Brown is a very smooth athlete. Um, you know, he can do a lot of things for you on special teams and as a receiver. Um, Jamon Moore, we're still waiting on him, uh, waiting on him to make a couple of plays. And once he does, I think that confidence will will move him up to the next level. So, knock on wood, no major injuries, (laughs) another playoff run get going this year? Yeah, I think so. I really do. I like this football team, Mark. I think they have to be fortunate as... Everybody does. Everybody's got to be fortunate with injuries. But if they're fortunate in the injury department, this team will contend. I really believe that. All right. Have a great call in this year. Thank you very much, Mark. Good to be with you. We're down to the nitty-gritty in training camp in the preseason with just one preseason game left to go for the Packers. On our last edition, we took a look at the offensive side of the ball and tried to come to grips with who's going to be on the final 53. Today, we'll do it on the defensive side of the ball. And new defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. What kind of group will he carry into the regular season? We'll start on the defensive line where the Packers will likely keep five, maybe six defensive linemen to rotate into the regular season. Your front three are solid, including Mike Daniels coming off his first Pro Bowl season last year. He's the leader of this group. You've also got Kenny Clark, who had a big finish to his second year with Green Bay, and Muhammad Wilkerson, who played under Pettin with the New York Jets and made the Pro Bowl one season, but the Jets let him go in free agency, and he is reunited with Pettin, and he's trying to get as much out of Wilkerson as he did when the two were together in New York. The top backup positions, well, I think Dean Lowry, the Northwestern Wildcat product, is certainly going to be in the mix and rotates in and out for the Packers. And then there's Montrevious Adams in his second year with the Pack. Injuries wiped out most of his first training camp and first half of his rookie season, but he did get onto the field late last year, appearing in three games. After that, I think it's a real crapshoot. Now, the Packers did draft James Looney, sixth-rounder out of California. And so far in training camp, he's shown a lot of speed around the edge, but not much bulk in run defense, and that could stunt his growth. He may wind up on the practice squad. There are a couple of sluggers at defensive tackle that the Packers uh, are interested in, including one former Wisconsin Badger, Connor Sheehy, 
who's battling Tyler Lancaster, who's a plugger on the inside. I think those two are fighting for one roster spot. Joey Mboo, a free agent who was uh, with the 49ers for just a bit earlier this year and then waved into the mix, but he may be on the outside looking in. So if there are going to be six defensive linemen, your front three, Daniels, Clark, and Wilkerson, Adams and Lowry, and then maybe Looney or perhaps, as I said, either Lancaster or Sheehy to back up inside. At the linebacking position, well, the Packers will go heavy here because they are utilized on special teams an awful lot. Your front four will include Clay Matthews, Blake Martinez, and Nick Perry all returning in with Jake Ryan's season over because of that torn ACL he suffered in training camp early in camp. Third-round draft choice Oren Burks of Vanderbilt has assumed the starting role. And so far, so good for Burks. Smart kid. He's got a lot of speed and range, but a lot is going to be put on his plate if he is an every-down player for the Packers in that four-linebacking front. Behind the starters, there's one player that has shown a lot of flash and is going to see plenty of snaps this season, and that is Reggie Gilbert. Free agent on the practice squad a year ago, was activated for the final two games of the season and showed some promise. Came back a little bigger, a little stronger and against the Pittsburgh Steelers a week or so ago. He had two and a half sacks in that game and three quarterback hurries. Packers are going to find a way to get him into the rotation at outside linebacker. The other outside linebacking backup position is a battle between Kyler Fackrell and Vince Beagle. Packers believe Fackrell continues to grow. He came back stronger this year. Beagle was hampered his rookie season out of Wisconsin by that offseason foot surgery. Never really got going until late in the season, appeared in only four games. But to be honest, neither Beagle nor Fackrell has shown a whole lot of production here in camp. I know Fackrell has a sack or two in the preseason, but they're just kind of waiting for this to all fit for Fackrell, and I haven't seen it so far. And Beagle has been a one-trick pony. It's 100 miles an hour, and we'll see what happens. He's got to develop more of a repertoire. Uh, but I think both could find their way still onto the final roster. May push Chris Odom off the roster. He was with the Packers last year. They're playing with the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he uh, got into the mix and got onto the field a little bit, and there still could be room for him as the fourth backup outside. But that leaves the Packers with a couple of choices to make at inside linebacker. And right now, I think the lead player in that group of reserves is Greer Martini, an undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. He has been running number two at inside linebacker, and he has also been plugged into many starting special teams units. Martini was a special teams captain for the Fighting Irish and is very skilled in that regard, and that could be his ticket to the roster. Mike Pettin has also been very high on Ahmad Thomas, a free agent inside linebacker with a lot of speed. He has shown some very good coverage ability and could work his way into the mix. Those two are well ahead of some others who are trying to work their way onto the team, like Marcus Porter, Nashawn Hughes, James Hearn, who is an in-camp pickup, James Crawford, another free agent signed since camp began, and the draft choice Kendall Donnerson, the seventh-round pick. So the Packers look like they'll stockpile on linebackers. And again, out of the front four, we'll have guys like Gilbert, Fackrell, Beagle, Martini, maybe Thomas working their way into the mix. 
Secondary has been interesting. The Packers for years have been bolstering this uh, collection of players with uh, groups coming two by two in the draft. Well, there was Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins. Randall is now in Cleveland. Rollins still in fighting for a roster spot. And then you had Kevin King and Josh Jones drafted last year. And now this year you have the top two choices, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. To mention the fact that the Packers have added two veteran players to the roster in Devon House last year and Tremont Williams this year. Williams has been running with the number one corners. House and King have been splitting time. King has been dealing with a shoulder injury in camp. And Kentrell Bryce has assumed the role that Morgan Burnett held for eight years in Green Bay at strong safety. In the back of positions... Boy, there's this great competition. Alexander and Jackson have got to stay as your top two choices. Rollins is in a battle, but he has also been getting a look as the number one punt returner so far. Jones is certainly going to be in the mix, backing up Bryce and playing a lot in dime packages. And after that, it is wide open, and it could cost some players who've been on this Packer roster, some for a couple of years, an opportunity to stick. A player like Dimitri Goodson who is now two years removed from major knee reconstructive surgery, Josh Hawkins and Donatello Brown. Those players were all in action late last season when injury struck the Packers secondary, as was Lindsey Pipkins and the converted wide receiver, now defensive back Herb Waters. Marwin Evans is a guy who has been on the field in the past for the Packers in the secondary. And there's one other free agent, Raven Green, who's trying to work his way into the mix. Special teams' ability will be critical for these players to make their way onto the roster. So if the Packers keep 10 defensive backs and 10 linebackers and maybe a handful of defensive linemen, there's your 25 on the roster. And the 10 DBs in the secondary look to me like it'll be... Tremont Williams, Kentrell Bryce, HaHa Clinton Dix, Kevin King, Devon House, Josh Jones, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, and then you're looking for maybe one or two spots. Will it be Quentin Rollins? Will it be Marwin Evans or Lindsey Pipkins? Pretty good battle there that's going to be taken right to the wire. And that's how I see the defense shaking out for the Packers. Special teams, pretty well set. Mason Crosby keeps on kicking for the Packers, their all-time leading scorer. J.K. Scott, he didn't even have any competition in the punting battle. The rookie out of Alabama has won that job. The only decision to be made is the long snapper. Hunter Bradley, the draft choice, and free agent Zach Triner, who was with the Packers for a spell last season. If I had to give an edge right now, though, I'd give it to Triner. He has been a little more consistent than the former Mississippi State Bulldog. And we'll see what happens with those specialists as well. Cut day is just over a week away for the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have played their four quarters. Now it's time for the fifth quarter. Tradition that started way back with uh, Ronald Wolf when he was running the show, and it continued with Theodore. Ted Thompson did it every year he was general manager. But on January, this fella assumed the position for the Green Bay Packers. After 20 years in the organization as a scout, director of player personnel, he ascended the role of general manager, the 10th GM in Green Bay Packer history, and I'm proud to introduce him and really glad he can continue on as a as a summer visit uh, from the leader of the pack ladies and gentlemen brian gutekunst hey good well, thanks Woo! mark appreciate it thanks glad for coming here. over really appreciate it uh nice to have you and uh the family here and i want to say hi to your dad john uh the former gopher head coach made it over tonight to watch as well yeah no it's glad, glad he's here we watched a little film today watched a little practice so it's been a 
It's been a good day. You have Dad watching film with you? Yeah, he's got some opinions. I bet he does. <laughs> I bet he does. Wait, wait, wait. How are his opinions different than your actual paid coaching staff? Oh, uh, significant at times. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. But uh, that's uh, I don't get a chance to do this very often. So that was really kind of nice the last couple of days. Sit down and watch a little tape. So that's, that's really cool. cool. That's yeah. kind of cool. Has it been a whirlwind six, seven months for you? Yeah, a little bit. Um, although you know, especially during the time during the draft and free agency, that time's always a whirlwind. So we kind of just put our head down, and um, it really wasn't much different than it had been, with the exception of just kind of having to make the decision myself. But um, uh, as we've kind of gotten into training camp and stuff like that, it's uh, there's a routine that's kind of set in place, and uh, things are starting to become more normal. Having been here with Ron, he's the one who hired you. Having yes. been here through Ted's tenure. Uh, you obviously had a real feel for how this was going to go, and have you kind of followed that same blueprint? And if not, how are you kind of striking out on your own in this position? Sure. I think um, the foundation of our scouting principles have stayed the same, and the foundation of our process really has stayed the same. I think um, we've tweaked some things we always have. Ted did things a little different than Ron did, and I'll do things a little bit different than, than either one of those guys did. But I've learned a lot from both those guys, and as well as many others that have come through the Packer organization. Uh, and I've kind of made it my own now. Uh, the group we have now, along with uh, John Wojciechowski, John Eric Sullivan, and many others, you know, we're going to kind of make this thing our own and uh, move forward. And uh, But the, the foundational principles of how we go about scouting will stay the same. What strikes you about a player? That's got to be kind of from within, isn't it? Yeah. You just have that feeling? Yeah, I think there, there's obviously so many different things. But I think the one thing that... Uh, or one, maybe more than one thing, but uh, I think instincts and then toughness. And when I say toughness, it's not just physical toughness, but there's a mental toughness to it. But I think um, those are the things that I think that uh, sometimes go unnoticed. It's not always the size or the speed, but uh, you know the instincts, be able to react fast. And then, the, and the, this is a hard game. It's a hard game to play day in and day out. There's a physical toughness nature you have to have, and also a mental toughness. And I think those are the things that um, all of our scouts, I think, you know. It's, those are the things we're looking for. We're talking to people about how they, have, they were in college. I think it's a really important part so of it. So if do. you went to Vatech and, you know, North Carolina or whatever, you, you get a sense of mental toughness by watching? You, the physical stuff you, is obvious, how they play. Sure, I think there's a, I think there's a little wired. bit of what we, call, we might call tape DNA, where how they play the game. But it's also talking to their coaches, talking to the people that they've been with for the last four or five years and how they've overcome adversity and, and, and how they face challenges. I think you know, our scouts do such a great job and that's why you know a guy like me is so reliant on our scouts on the ground and the information that they gather because um, you know the best way to know a player's future is to study his history. You know, So um, yeah, that's kind of how we go about it. Uh, it's not a, an exact science and there's certainly a lot of uh, factors that go into whether they're successful or not, but those are a couple of the things. Now you're the GM, you're the face, Every decision you make, especially in this town, overanalyzed. Are you ready for fan interactions in the grocery stores and at restaurants, especially if you don't get uh, off to a hot start? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever ready for that stuff. I think the one nice thing is, um, you know, I've lived in this community for for the six years now. Yeah. A lot of the places that I go on a regular basis, whether it be volleyball games, soccer games, baseball games. The people that are there know me already. They've seen me there for the last six years, so um, that's pretty normal. I think, you know, some of it's a little different, um, but you know, I don't, 
I don't have the uh, dashing good looks that Ted Thompson had where everybody recognized him. Yeah, so right. I'm able to, I'm able, give it time. Give it I'm, time. I'm able to hide a little easier no, maybe than some. Yeah. Now, if my wife was at the show, she'd say, what are you doing with Jordy? You know? Yeah. She'd recognize you and bring that those are the tough calls, aren't they? Yeah. They really are. Well, I'm glad your wife's not here. So yeah, that's, that's I know. Thing. We'll spare that one. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, it's, it's it's the NFL, and there's going to be tough decisions every every you know year, every every week. Uh, it's not easy um, to see a player of Jordy's stature and someone we cared about so much that you know have to go. It's, that's not something you ever want to do, but we, we always have to make decisions that are best for our football team moving forward, and uh, and we will always do that if we feel that's the best route. We will do it. Fans have got to get the bigger picture kind of in mind, don't they? I mean, yeah, they just do. And in yeah. some instances, so do we, the media. And we live in a social media world. Do you have a Twitter account? I do not. Okay. Good, Good for you. Yes. Stay off of Twitter. Yes. <laughs> as far as you know, I do not. Yeah. Especially during the football season. Yes. I was going to say, that has got to get to people just that the hatred and the anger for all these little things is always it's a thing with players we always ask yeah but if you you stay away from that that's yeah i don't think you i don't think you worry about that stuff i will say you know you kind of get in you know tunnel vision and you don't really know what's going on i know after we've moved back in the draft um again i had no idea um but i guess people weren't really happy with me as i moved back yeah that's fair right that's fair yeah no (laughs) you know by the time i had heard any of that we'd moved up drafted got another pick so yeah, I, I think we got enough on our plate to do to work than to worry about those kind of things. Um, you know, some wise people once told me, you know, if uh, if you win, it'll take care of itself, and if you lose, it'll take care of itself, right. and nothing else really matters. <laughs> One more for you, Brian. How can this team get back to where it has been? Playoffs eight years in a row, Super Bowl now. Unfortunately, a few years removed. What's got to happen? They got, to, they got to come together as a team, you know. Um, that's going to be really important. Uh, you know, health is a big factor in that as well. Um, but um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, there's always going to be adversity in an NFL season. How they how they step up to that challenge, how they overcome it, how they handle the success that they'll have. Um, those will be some of the keys to get us getting where we want to go. Um, I'm pretty confident we got the guys in that building to do it. Um, and we're looking forward to the season. We're looking forward to that first game against Chicago. Well, I was really looking forward to this evening, and you did not disappoint. A home run, uh, Brian. It was an awesome uh, chance to visit with you and meet with some fans here tonight. Did a great job. Appreciate it. Hope you can do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's, uh, like I said, I've been coming here for the last six or seven years. I just never had to talk. So. All right, you're on this side of the table now. Yeah, well yeah. done. Ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause for Packers General Manager Brian Gutekunst. For your Green and Gold Campcast, I'm Mark Daniels. Campcast, a Midwest Communications podcast.